I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark or Mowing in the Light podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another Faith Friday episode. Guys, it is late tonight. It's 1030 on a Thursday evening. For some reason, I can't get it through my head that I need to actually do these like on a Sunday afternoon or something like that. But usually I do them late at night because my boys and my wife are in bed, so it's quiet in the house. And I've talked about it before on the podcast, but we have a smaller house. And so we're kind of on top of each other. It's all one big room. And so our basement is full of my wife's business stuff. And then... You know, it's just, it's it's a mess around here, guys. So uh, it is what it is. We're getting by. Uh, we would love to move out into the country, but with housing prices right now, that is not an option. So today I spent my whole day doing leaf cleanups again, like I've been doing, like I've talked about the last couple of episodes over on the Mowing in the Dark podcast. Uh, these Faith Friday episodes are still posted on the Mowing in the Dark podcast, and they are also posted on the Mowing in the Light podcast. Mowing in the Light is all just the Faith Friday episodes. If you want to binge listen those, you are more than welcome to do that there. But I also want to be able to reach those guys that may not listen to a Faith type of podcast in any other situation. And so that's why I continue to post these over on the Mowing in the Dark podcast. And I'm going to continue doing that. I feel like I should. And so I'm going to continue doing that. But for those that like to just listen to the Faith Friday episodes, you can listen to them right here on the Mowing in the Light podcast or on the or right here on the Mowing in the Dark podcast. And you can kind of see the the transition there with the Mowing in the Dark and Mowing in the Light. Play on words kind of thing. But anyway, let's get into this episode. Typically on Faith Friday episodes, I don't do much talking about business stuff. We just typically give you a quick update on my life, and then we jump right into uh, reading the scriptures. So what we do here, I explain it every time for new listeners, what we do here is on the Faith Friday episode, we take a book of the Bible and we go through chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and we try to break it down a little bit. Now, I am not a Bible scholar. I didn't go to Bible school. I just like the Word of God, and I like reading it, and I like sharing it with others, and so That's what I'm trying to do here with this podcast. I'm trying to get God's words into people's ears. And so that's that's what I'm doing here. So I have decided the last couple of episodes I have read out of the NASB and I've got these new headsets. So I've got a microphone that's connected to the headset. So my my field of view isn't impeded anymore. So I'm going to go back to my NIV Bible. 
This version is an older NIV, and I really like it a lot more than the new NIV. I would encourage you guys not to use the new NIV Bible. So if you go to, like, say, Amazon or Barnes & Noble today, I would not buy an NIV Bible because they have changed it. They've made it gender neutral. They've, they've just messed with it too much, and I I don't like it. I've tried to read it off of BibleGateway.com, and it's just really terrible. So I am going to go back to my NIV because that's what I've grown up with. That's what I like. That's what I use on the daily basis. And so I really enjoy that. So I'm going to go back to that. It makes it just makes a lot of sense to me. I study out of it. I don't study out of the NASB. And so for me, it, it just works way better to be able to read the scripture out of the NIV. So with that being said, I did a little legwork this week and uh, really dug in and I'm, I'm employing something that Vody Bauckham calls, um, what does he call it? <laughs> he calls it expository apologetics. So basically what he means by that is when he goes through a passage of scripture, he actually asks questions of himself or of the text, and then he tries to answer those through the Bible or through other means. And so that's kind of what I did this week. And so I'm, I might try that a little bit. I've got some notes here. I've never used notes before in these Faith Friday podcasts. I've just gone from what I read, what it comes to my mind, what God brings to my mind. And so we're going to try it. We're going to see what happens. Uh, we are diving into Romans chapter 12 today. And we're going to do the whole chapter. Sometimes if it's a longer chapter, I'll split it in two. For those of you who are new, who don't know how we do things here. But for this one, it's a shorter chapter. So we're going to go all the way through it. We're going to dig in. We're going to see what God has for us. And it's going to be pretty good, I think. So without further ado, let's jump in. Let's start at Romans chapter 12. If you guys are at home, if you're not out working, I would encourage you to grab your Bible, read along. Doesn't matter what translation you have. If you've got, you know, uh, even if you have a Catholic Bible, which is the NAB, I think it is, the New American Bible or something like that, or the NA, I don't remember what it is. I used to work at a Christian bookstore, but it was like 10, 12 years ago, so I don't remember exactly what it's abbreviated as. But if you've got a Catholic Bible, this will be in there, and so you can read out of that. I don't care. I just want God's Word to get into your ears, to get into your mind, to get into your heart, to hopefully get get you thinking more about Him. All right, so that's that's the purpose of this podcast, because I think there's so many people that are biblically illiterate in our country, and I think we need to change that. And so that's what I'm striving to do with this podcast. All right, no more talking. Let's jump into this, okay? Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. 
This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And that is the end of chapter 12. A lot of good stuff in there. Just a lot of good reminders. A lot of challenging things in there for us to do. Um, gosh, that, that last portion there... Um, do good to your enemies, feed them if they're hungry, give them a drink if they're thirsty. Man, that's hard to do. That is hard to do. All right, let's go all the way back to verse one. We're going to jump in again to verse one, and we're going to go verse by verse and dig in and see what we can find that God has for us, okay? So, Romans 12, verse 1, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. All right, so what, what is a living sacrifice? 
Well, if we look at what a sacrifice is, because in, in this time, people would know what a sacrifice was. In Paul's day, Paul is the author of Romans, uh, in Paul's time, both Jews and Gentiles, Gentiles are just non-Jews. That's really what they are. They're just non-Jews. Um, everyone would know what a sacrifice is. So what a sacrifice is, is like you take an animal, a, a, a pure, perfect animal, as far as you can get a perfect animal. You kill that animal. You The priest would kill the animal and serve it up on, on the altar as a sacrifice to God. And so that is, that's a sacrifice. But Paul is saying here, therefore I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy, so his grace, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. So you're living, but you need to sacrifice yourself for, for God. You are you are the sacrifice. Okay? Holy and pleasing to God. So we're to be holy. We cannot be holy. <laughs> in our in our own in our own in our flesh. We have no way to be holy other than through God. Okay? But Let's keep going here. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So if you're not willing to sacrifice everything that you want, everything that that you think you want, like your business, if I'm talking to business owners here, if you're not willing to sacrifice your business, if you're not willing to sacrifice your body, your, your actual physical body as a, as a sacrifice for God, then, then we've got some problems here that we have to deal with. But to offer yourself as a sacrifice to the Lord is your spiritual act of worship. Now, I get, I get frustrated because I'm a worship leader, um, and, and I have been for 15, almost 20 years probably, and I, I used to think way differently about worship. Like it's just music, it's singing to God. And it, there was, it, was, it was pointless. That kind of worship was pointless to me. Uh, I mean, it is now. It's, it wasn't then, but it is now. Because there was, no, there was no sacrifice on my part. I got to listen to rock some some good music i guess good music it's all relative right um and and sing words to god but they were so shallow it didn't require anything of me it didn't require anything of me and so i i i like this as worship way better your body as a living sacrifice not just singing songs to god but your body as a living sacrifice. That is your spiritual act of worship. Okay, we got to move on here. Verse 2. Uh, well, I had something else written down here, but that's okay. Um, 
we're going to move on. <laughs> I'm new to the notes thing, so I'm not following them very well, but that's okay. Verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his pleasing and perfect will. All right, so how, my first question that, that came to mind when I was reading this is how do we please God? And, and then the second question that came up was, what is the pattern of this world? And the pattern of this world is, it's all about me. I can, I can live however I want. I live my truth. We've, we've all heard that. You know, Oprah kind of really made that popular. Is I, can, I, I live my truth. I, I want to tell you my truth. We don't have a my truth. It's the truth. There is no my truth, all right? So it, it's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's about the Lord. In fact, it's all about him. We were created to bring God pleasure, to glorify God. That's why we were created. All of creation was made to glorify God. Okay, so then another question that came up is, what is transformation? What's transformation? And the, the definition of transformation out of the Webster's Dictionary is uh, to make a thorough or dramatic change in the form, appearance, or character of. So to make a dramatic change, that's transformation. All right, so do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. What is the pattern of this world? It's all about me. That's the pattern of the world. But be transformed. We just read the, the, the definition of transformation to make a thorough and dramatic change. All right, a thorough, which means like, everything. You're changing everything, and it's dramatic in the form, appearance, or character of, or all three. All right? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our minds? How do, we, how do you do that? Paul, Paul says it here. How are we supposed to renew our minds? Well, if we look at Ephesians 4, 20 through 24. Uh, let's let, let me turn there really quick. Ephesians 4 20 through 24. If I can find it. Normally we do like family, we do what we call family catechism at night. And uh, normally I can turn right to things, but uh, I couldn't today. Alright. <laughs> 4 20 through 24. All right. This has to do with renewing your mind, okay? You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on 
the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So what what does it mean to renew your mind? It means to focus on Jesus. And how do we focus on Jesus? It's not just sitting at sitting and just thinking about Jesus, the person Jesus, picturing Jesus. You know, I used to think that. It's not. It's not that at all. It is diving into his word. That is how we focus on Jesus. Whether you're reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, whether you're reading anywhere in the scriptures, in the Bible, could be Old Testament, could be New Testament, it is all about either the coming of Jesus, or having Jesus here, or Jesus' return, and how we should live in the meantime. So, that is what, that's how we renew our mind. It's through God's word. That is the only way we can renew our minds. You can't renew your mind through worship music. You can't renew your mind through, through just meditating on the person of Jesus, just sitting there and, and, you know, meditating on Jesus. No, it is only through his word that you are able to be renewed in your mind. All right, verse 3. Verse 3. For by the grace given you, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. So when I first read this, and I read that measure of faith that God has given you, I thought, wow, did God give every single person a different measure, a different amount of faith? And I don't think that's what it's saying here, but I I don't know. I think what he's saying here is understand yourself and who you are. Uh, But I don't know for sure. I don't know that that's what he's saying. But uh, let's read it again. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Okay, so even if we leave that according to the measure of faith God has given you, off. I mean, it's still very important, but even if we leave that off, that's still a very tough thing for us as humans to do. I I mean, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Well, how high am I supposed to think of myself? You know, how low? Am I supposed to think of myself? I I don't know. I guess it's by the measure of faith that God has given me. So that's just a challenging verse in and of itself. Let's keep going. Verse 4. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. Verse 5. So in Christ, we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. So 
as the church body, that is, this is what Paul is talking about here. As the church body, we are all members of the body of Christ. And we cannot expect each other to do the same thing. There are preachers. There are there are people that set up the tables in the basement. There are people that make food for potlucks. There are people that go visit the sick in their homes or make meals for them. There are pre- people that go out and share the gospel with with their friends. There are people that that do worship. There are people or lead worship. There are people that do the sound system. It we're all in one body. But we have to work together as one. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So I belong to you, you belong to me. We can't be separated in the body of Christ. We, we, we are together. Verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. That's what I was just talking about. If a man's gift is prophesying, or in this case, prophesying because the, the gifts, I believe this, some, some others don't. I believe the gift of prophecy like actually speaking for God, I don't think it's the way it was in the Old Testament prophets. Prophecy now is preaching the word of God. We have the word of God. We don't need prophets anymore. The prophet, Jesus, has come already. All right? We have his word. So we don't need more prophecy from the Lord. We have everything we need inside of Scripture. So, prophesying in this context is preaching. All right? Let him use it in proportion to his faith. All right? So, if you're called to preach, but maybe you're, you're you know, you're relatively new to the faith, in Timothy, it says that um, you're not supposed to elect elders that are new in the faith. So maybe that wouldn't be that type of person. But you get what I'm saying here is that they're, they're, let him do it in proportion to his faith. Maybe he can't do it. Maybe he can't preach every Sunday. Maybe it's every four Sundays. I know my church that I go to, we use a an elder model. And so each elder will preach a Sunday. So it's not just one pastor. Now we do have a main pastor. He preaches two to three times a month and then he gets a week off and one of the elders will get up and, and give a message. And that's that's great. We we like it. We think that's biblical. You may go to a church where they don't do that and that's fine too. But that's just the way we do it. But I think... I think that is kind of where, I don't know what I was going with that. (laughs) So let's keep going here. Verse 7. If it is serving, 
let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So not only do we get like an exhortation here to work as a body, as one body, but we also see some of the gifts that are here, which is really cool. We've got prophesying or preaching in this instance. We've got, uh, let's see. We've got encouraging. You could be an encourager. You could um, you could be like a philanthropist where you're giving to the needy. Um, you could be a leader where you're you're leading others. You could be a teacher. Uh, you could you could just be a merciful person. It, that that's awesome. I think those are great gifts. So it's not just about preaching, leading worship, you know, which would be a leader, not because worship isn't necessarily a spiritual gift. We are all supposed to, to, to worship. All right, so let's keep going here. Let's not get too far in the weeds. Verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. So again, he says, treat each other better than yourself. Love must be sincere. We've got to, we've got, instead of putting on a show, we have got to be sincere. And then hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Don't just don't just kind of pet what is good. My cat is eating. I got distracted over here because she's crunching. And we've had bats in the house before. Not this year, but we have had bats in the house. And so I was like, is there a bat around? Because I'm looking down at my Bible. <laughs> and I hate bats. So, uh, But we need not just pet. Not pet what is good, not play with what is good. Cling. Grasp a hold of it and hold on for dear life. That is what he's saying here. Cling to what is good. Hate what is evil. Verse 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. We've got to be devoted to one another as the body of Christ. Honor one another above yourselves. That's how we stay together. That's how we stay devoted to one another, is honoring each other as if everyone else is above yourself. Verse 11, never be lacking in zeal. What is zeal? Zeal is passion, all right? So never be lacking in passion. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. So stay passionate about serving the Lord in whatever capacity. Maybe you're the person that goes in and cleans the church building. 
I had a great aunt that cha- that cleaned our church building for years. And she loved it. And she was passionate about it. And she did a great job. If that's you, that is serving the Lord. Don't discount that because you think it's lower than someone else. That is serving the Lord. Do it with gladness. Verse 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. All right, this verse, when I read this, I thought, ah, there we go. That This is something that I can really talk about here for a minute. Because rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. And then before that, it says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Okay, so think when I read this, I thought immediately about pastors like, and I don't even really like calling him a pastor, but like Joel Osteen, who gives inspirational messages all the time. Just inspiration. You know, you're going to be great. You're going to be just perfect. You got to go home and you got to say, my day is going to be great. He loves you just the way you are. No, he doesn't. If he loved you just the way he, the way you were, he wouldn't have come and died for you. He didn't love you just the way you were. Because if he loved you the way you were, he would have loved you all the way to hell. So, a lot of these these prosperity preachers, the feel-good preachers, they only talk about the, the good stuff, the, how you can live a better life. They don't talk about um, a, a persecution or suffering. Maybe Joel Osteen does, but a lot of the a lot of the um, the charismatic churches like uh, Kenneth Copeland, he the the health and wealth gospel that cannot be congruent with this verse. Bless those who persecute you, because. If you're living your best life and you've got health and you've got wealth and you're in God's favor, you you shouldn't be being persecuted. That that's their message. And this this verse, these verses cannot be congruent with that. All right. I'm off my soapbox. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. We're supposed to be with people in their happiness and in their sadness. Verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. So sometimes I feel like because I'm in the lawn care industry and we have a strong 
community aspect to the lawn care industry through social media. But there are times when I feel like the guys that are the the more popular guys in, in the lawn care community, I feel like they look down on those who are in a lower position than them, who don't know as much, who aren't as big on social media. They kind of have their own clique, their own group of friends that they only associate with. Now, I, I know that's not completely true. I'm just using that as an example here. I'm not even saying that that is true, but I'm saying I'm using that as an example that we should not be doing that. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of a low position. What does that mean? What does low position mean? Well, it just means lower than you. If we're talking about the body of Christ, some might say that cleaning the church building is lower than the, the preacher. I would not say that. I'd say they're equal. Because the church building has to be cleaned. The message of Christ has to be preached. I'd say they're equal. And, and that's what we should be saying according to this, this passage here. All right, let's keep going here. I don't want to get too lost in the weeds. I know that I've said that a lot. All right. Uh, do not repay anyone evil for evil. So don't be doing eye for an eye. All right. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Now, this is a hard one for me because not everyone wants to do what's right. Not everyone has the same idea of what is right. And so that's a hard one for me. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. So I don't know how to take that verse, uh, but I do know how to take, do not repay anyone evil for evil. If someone wrongs you, don't try and go and wrong them. We are to forgive. We've got we've to treat those and associate with those in low position. If, if they do evil to you, maybe that's what Paul would consider low position. I don't know. But I do know what he says here. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Verse 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. All right, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm guessing that because Paul is writing to the church here, so I'm guessing these things are spoken to the church, not to the church, including the world. All right, this is for the church. So, if someone in the church does evil to you, don't repay that with evil. If someone in the world does evil to you, don't repay that with evil. Okay, I think that's a that's a claim that we can stand on that we should never do evil for evil. Okay? But then we go down here to verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, so on me, on you, 
live at peace with everyone. I wish it would say in the church, because I don't think, I mean, I, I guess this would also cross over to the world, but there are times when we do have to stand up. And that's why he says, if possible. All right. So there are times when we need to stand up, but there are also times when we should just back off. And, and it takes discernment. It takes discernment to understand that. That's why we need the discernment of Christ because, or the gift of discernment because it is tough. And we get discernment through, again, God's word and prayer. Verse 19, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. So don't take revenge. It's God's. God will repay. And he can repay a whole heck of a lot better than we can. Just let it go. Let it go. That That's why my church believes that um, we should not sue. Now, there are, I think there are special instances maybe where you could sue someone, but we've pretty much taken that to task. Now, the Bible says don't sue a brother, so someone in the church you should not sue. But could you sue someone in the world? Maybe, but I, I don't know. I'm not sure. In business... If we're thinking about this in business terms, sometimes you do have to sue someone because of non-payment or, or <clears throat> excuse me, or whatever. But um, that should be very few and far between, if at all. All right, verse 20. On the contrary, so now he's going to give the opposite view. <clears throat> excuse me. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. So if somebody has wronged you, instead of running to court and saying, you know, this guy didn't pay his bill. He, he's, he's a terrible client. He hasn't paid his bill. I stopped service. I'm really angry. I want to... I want to sue him for everything that I can get out of him. Paul says here, no, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, so if this person that didn't pay you is hungry, feed him. Maybe he doesn't have money. Maybe, maybe he's broke. Give him something to eat. If he's thirsty, if he doesn't have money for anything, now, granted, this is written quite a long time ago. Uh, they didn't have running water in their homes and things like that. We do today, so maybe his water got shut off. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, in just that, just feeding him and giving him something to drink, being kind, you will heap burning coals on his head. He'll feel guilty. He'll feel so guilty that he's going to want to pay that bill 
eventually. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not until years down the road. Who knows? But I think, I think we, that, that is right to do. It's hard to do. As I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, that is hard to do. Verse 21, the last verse. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I don't think anything needs to be said about that. I think that's just a a boom, you know, mic drop. I think that's what that is. So that ends Romans chapter 12, guys. I I hoped you liked the notes. I I wanted to be a little bit more accurate in my speech. Uh, If I said anything that you disagree with here in, in that I said in Romans chapter 12, I would be more than happy to have you email me or message me on Facebook or on Instagram. You can message me on Facebook uh, just at Aaron Sutter, or you can message me on Instagram at Lansing Lawn Service. Now, one one listener did this last week. Uh, JB Mose is his social media name, and... Um, he got me, you know, he got me thinking and searching and doing some research on some things that I said. I love that. I, I have no problem at all with you questioning something that I said. I, I hope that you do. I hope that you go to your Bible and, and search it out. If I say something you, that you think might be wrong, and please tell me. Because I would like to know, and I would like to research it, and then, then we can talk about it, and we can discuss it, and have a conversation, which is what J.B. Mose did with me, and it was great. I was very appreciative of that. So, I, if if you if you think that I said anything wrong in this podcast today, please let me know. If you enjoyed the podcast, also let me know. You can give a a five-star rating on on Spotify, or if you would, leave a a rating and review on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. Uh, I need more ratings there. That would really help the, the podcast with Social Proof. So if you would be willing to do that, that would be awesome. I would really appreciate that. I don't normally ask for those. I feel like if people appreciate the podcast, they will do that. So I I don't normally ask for that. But if you could leave a rating and review, that would be great. Uh, But that's it for this podcast, guys. I really appreciate it. And you know what? I just thought about something a few episodes ago now. I said that I was going to kind of start a book club type thing and at least recommend some books. And I said that I was going to recommend, the next book that I was going to recommend would be by uh, C.S. Lewis. And so the book that I would recommend is Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. I, I think it's an excellent book for for um, for just getting to know getting to know and understand God better. I really do. And the Christian faith. 
So I, I would recommend that. I've got a lot of C.S. Lewis books that I could recommend, but that's the one that came to mind is C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. If you haven't read it, please go and read it or listen to it on, um, on Audible. That's what I listen to. That's how I do most of my books is I listen on Audible. Uh, sometimes, though, I do like to read a book. Uh, if, it, if it's something that like I don't like the way the recording is done or whatever, then I'll get the book. But um, that is a good book to kind of get you guys started and, and to, to wet your whistle. Next week, I'm going to have another great book to recommend to you guys, um, one that basically changed my life and our family life. So uh, I definitely want to recommend that one to you next week. But uh, Mere Christianity this week, I would say pick it up, listen to it, or read it, please. Uh, it is foundational to, to the Christian faith. So that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will see you in the next Faith Friday episode.